Whew. What up, folks? This is uh, Open Mike Eagle. This is your captain speaking. Um, I am currently in Chicago forever. Um, I was on a tour. Uh, the tour intersected with COVID, so the tour had to stop for a little while. So I'm hanging out in Chicago. I got a show in Brooklyn tomorrow, which is when um, this episode comes out. So you won't have much advance notice if you haven't heard of it yet. But it is happening. It's tomorrow. In a place called Elsewhere. It's me and it's fat boy Sharif doing rap songs. Um, shout out to AJJ, the band that I was just on tour with. They're a bunch of sweet guys that make great fucking music. And they're still touring around the country. So if they're coming to your area, you should go see them. Um, this episode of the podcast, it is myself talking to my comedian homie. Ron Funches, a guy who you may know from stand-up, various TV jobs, animated stuff. He's got a great voice, so he does a lot of animated stuff. He does great voiceover work. Um, if you watch Harley Quinn, he's King Shark on there on uh, HBO Max. But he's a charming fella. Uh, this was part of a series of talks we did called Flowerside Chats with um, Smarty Plants that we are uh, folding into this here secret skin season. So this is my talk with Ron Funches about his life and his career and weed. Talk a lot about weed. We taped this in a dispensary. So um, weed came up a lot, a lot of weed, wrestling, comedy, Chicago, being a black nerd, playing video games. It's a lot of very relatable content. Um, I think that's it i'm still in chicago like i was when i started talking right now if i was able to be somewhere else that would be magical it would be some sort of magical form of travel and it hasn't been invented yet so i'm still where i was when i started talking right now uh if you enjoy the show tell your friends about it people who like comedy and wrestling and nerd stuff or weed we'll have a good time with this and then, uh, you know, rate us and review us on all of the different platforms because it helps the robots love us. This is part of Stony Island Audio. Um, I'm Open Mike Eagle. This is my talk with Ron Funches. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, my name is Open Mike Eagle, and this is something we've never done before called a flowerside chat. And uh, hello to everybody that's here in our in our uh, gathering of, of people. Hello, you all. Good afternoon. Um, we're figuring this out as we go along. Uh, we have an excellent guest who needs no introduction, but uh, we're so fortunate to have uh, people. I would prefer an introduction. Well, I'm sure you would, and, and I'm about <laughs> to deliver you one. I was just saying that especially because we're fortunate enough to actually have people to be in front of and we haven't in a long time, we're going to make sure we give our man his just due. Uh, he's an amazing stand-up comedian, uh, actor. 
actor, voiceover, talent, uh, known for undateable okay. trolls. Okay. And then another trolls. Yes. And Adventure Time. Yes. And uh, Bojack Horseman. Okay. And stages. Give me something from the last couple years. His podcast. Okay. What else? better. That's all I can think of now. Key Shark for Harley Quinn. Okay, you guess you you introduce yourself then. That uh, works the host for me. Of Chop 420 on Ooh. Discovery Plus. See, I don't have that service, so I wasn't it's aware of that. It's the perfect combination. It's the perfect credit for this event. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cooking show that involves weed. I mean, you're the host. Well, let's make some noise for our multi-talented <laughs> guest, Mr. Ron Funches himself. Thank you, brother. I've already look. I've already learned something about you. This is fun. This is already fun. Um, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with the beginning of your life. Um, mm-hmm. I read on your on your Wikipedia. You grew up in Chicago, as did I. But then, at the age of 13, you moved to Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is: Was it literally kicking and screaming? <laughs> um, it was, you know, I just, I've always been more of a, a tender person, mm-hmm. a sweet young boy, a, a gentle soul. And in the South Side of Chicago at that time, that wasn't very helpful to be. That wasn't good, I remember, a good place to be tender. Yeah. My neighborhood was, you know, it's not the roughest neighborhood, but definitely tougher than I was. Mm-hmm. I remember people would throw pennies at me. No, they would I throw know, pennies at you. Right? Oh, my God. That's so mean. That is super mean. Yeah. And so I didn't like it. Um, and just my mom was also in a bad relationship. Just a lot of things were going negative in my life. And my dad was had a job in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, you know, you can come go to middle school in Oregon. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, it was terrifying and I didn't know anyone and it, but it taught me so many lessons that I stick by to this day. You know, it, I think it helped me just see people as individuals and, mm-hmm. and got rid of like just group think of what I was thinking about of like black people are a certain way, white people are a certain way, anything like that, where I was like, oh, I mean, assholes of every color, I mean, <laughs> nice people of every color. Um, and then especially going from Chicago to Oregon, um, the things that I loved in Chicago weren't very cool in Oregon and the things that were cool in Oregon would have gotten me beat the fuck up in <laughs> Chicago. So I learned I think that's why to this point, like, you know, like I very much am like, I love wrestling. I like weed. I like this because I learned very quickly, like, oh, just like what I like because things are different mm, wherever you go. That's real. That's real. Well, those sound like valuable lessons learned. They were. Um, so you moved out here to L.A. and you did this uh, this big uh, NBC primetime sitcom called Undateable. Mm hmm. What was that experience like for you, especially as one of your first uh, big opportunities in the, in the entertainment business? Um, it was it was awesome. It was an amazing experience because I think I was lucky that the group of people I got to be around were a lot of stand-ups. And also the guy who create one of the creators of the show, Bill Lawrence, had done so many uh, great things already. He was creator of Scrubs. Cougar Town, uh, Clone High, which was one of my, as a stoner, one of my favorite things. Uh, and so it was like, I, I think I've been lucky in my whole career where I'm like, a lot, not necessarily a lot of people know who I am, but I've gotten like the best education. Like mm. I get to be around some of the best 
of in entertainment. I mean, he makes Ted Lasso now. Okay. You know, so like, and just learning from him, learning th- that they were more like, more than just like, oh, you're more than just an actor. You can write, you can pitch. Like I've gone out, he taught me to go out and pitch shows, do things like that and how to make money in this business while, while failing. And that's one of the best lessons you can learn. That is a, that's a great lesson. Making it's money while so, failing. It's one of the best parts of this business. That sounds like. What a- other industry do they pay you to fail? <laughs> that sounds like a book that I would like to read and you should write. <laughs> I will be. Good. I want to succeed a little too, though. That's okay. real. Yeah, you're right. I guess you don't want to associate yourself with failing, but that is that's the kind of self help we need out here. Is, is, is the thing. So this is a weed event. It's a marijuana event. It's a Where is side, it? It's a flower side chat. This is here at a at a MMD dispensary here in North Hollywood. Love it. And so. I have a question for you. I'm curious about something because you're a big fan of weed. I love it. And you're a big fan of working. Yeah. Uh, and when you worked on an a- undateable, were you ever high while you were working? Uh, yeah, of course. Of course? Yeah. Wow. How does weed interact with you doing stuff like remembering lines and, and that stuff, stuff of that nature? I never had a problem with that. I have a good memory in general, so I think it was a, it was fine. And also, I just think... Um, I. I have a good job balancing what I do. So, like, would I get high doing rehearsal and camera blocking? Absolutely, especially during camera blocking. That's the longing, most boring day of the week. (laughs) But, like, did I get high during the live taping? No. I would wait, and then after we taped it, then I would get high in my dressing room and would make the whole Warner Brothers lot smell like weed, and it would make me so happy. That's so fun. It would be so fun. I I years later found out I should have gotten in trouble several times. Well, that kind of speaks to something I'm curious about, too, especially being somebody who grew up in Chicago. And Chicago, uh, Illinois, just uh, instituted recreational weed, I think, this year or last year. Um, And then you went to Oregon, a place that, over the time you were there, probably became recreational and and then coming down to California. Um, How has it been in your lifetime to watch attitudes towards weed evolve? Um, I mean, I guess more just take it at a personal level. I think the best way I've seen that just has been like with my my mom and my family. Um, I had always been interested in smoking marijuana just from a as a inquisitive, nerdy youth of like looking into like alcohol and, and other drugs and looking at, you know, deaths associated with them, looking at uh, costs of life in general and other traumas associated with them and looking at what marijuana uh, could do for you and um, the like zero deaths and things like that. And I was just always as, even as a six year old child, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be a drinker. I don't think I'm going to. And my dad was like um, on drugs when I was in youth. So I was always like, I'm not going to do cocaine. I'm not going to do like hard drugs, but I go, but I, I'm pretty sure, even at like six, seven years old, like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to smoke weed. That weed is for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to smoke it. So I'm going <laughs> to research it a little bit. Um, and my mom was just like always against it. My sister was always against it. I remember even as like my career was starting to progress, 
she would just tell me things. She'd be like, you know, you'd probably be more successful if you quit smoking marijuana. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm a comedian. Like, that doesn't make that any doesn't sense. That doesn't make any sense at, at all. all. Yeah. Yeah. It goes, she's like, yeah. She was trying to do it. Like, all entertainers, you would be able to work harder if you didn't smoke weed. I go, you think Snoop Dogg would be more successful? <laughs> Is that even possible? I don't think that's possible. <laughs> and it's gone from that to, like, my mom's going through her own personal journey where she was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to deal with that and had her own knee issues and things. And, um, to the point, I was just looking at this video that showed up on my phone, like, you know, when they like throw back from the years before. Yeah. I had a video of me and my mom and my best friend in Amsterdam, and she's just rolling the joint. Nice. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, it's like, things have completely changed with her to her now. Like, she lives in Arizona, and with my sister, who is more of a, 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 a weed Nazi. Uh, so <laughs> she, you, she'll come into town and have me load her up and she'll take it back with her. And, nice. And so I'm probably snitching her out right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, you were first interested in weed at a very, very early age. Mm -hmm. Uh, how old were you when you actually got into it? Uh, 16. 16. You waited 10 whole years. There uh, was straight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, I just nerd one doing well in school, enjoying that aspect of life and then as I was getting in high school more of my friends were getting involved with marijuana some of my friends were getting involved in drinking some of my friends were getting involved in it was uh, in Oregon it was a big time for ecstasy and uh, methamphetamines as well um, so it just was <laughs> I hate to say like, like peer pressure worked but it did for me where I was just like I'm not going to smoke weed I'm just going to I'm going to focus on my life and then I was like nobody's hanging out with me this weekend <laughs> <laughs> All my friends are gone. <laughs> and so I just went over to my friend. I still, my friend Lolo's house. A shout out to Lolo. Shout out to Lolo. From McKay High School All in Lolo Salem, Oregon. We went to his trailer park, uh, his trailer. And I, classic. I mean, it couldn't be no better. Smoked out of a wizard bong. And uh, and then I was just like, this music is amazing, and these red vines have never tasted better. <laughs> you smoked your first weed out of a bong? Out of a wizard That's, bong. That seems like way too much for your first time. It definitely hurt my lungs, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I yeah. had the little baby lungs, so it was it was painful, but it was worth it. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Um, people who've been following your career for a while will know you have had an amazing weight loss journey mm -hmm. in the last few years. Do you tell people how much weight you've lost? Is that something that you talk about? Uh, I mean, it depends. Sometimes I do if it's like, if I'm at my lowest, then yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, look at me, look how good I'm doing. But then, then I put on 10, 15 pounds and I'm like, oh, I don't want to have to think about it. Because uh, it's a constant battle. It's going to be a thing I never... I don't think I'll ever wake up one day and be like, oh, I don't have issues with food anymore. I'm totally cool with everything. I don't want to eat an entire fucking bag of cookies or an entire <laughs> box of cereal. I just want one bowl. Uh, I don't understand people who are like that. That doesn't make sense to me. Once you break in the seal, a promise has been made. <laughs> so what, what do you think has been the biggest motivator? Because uh, it's obviously had to come along with a big, like, lifestyle change to to not only lose that weight but to keep it off as long as you've had what's been your main motivator um my main motivator is opportunity mm. uh, that's probably my main motivator it's just that i was like i mean similar like you're talking about with the the undateable i was like 
oh, I got this job. And then people were like, oh, you're good at this job. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Mm -hmm. Like I was, I think I'd been in acting class for like six months at that time. Um, So I was like, oh, let me, let me try. Mm -hmm. Let me put in an effort. Let me see if I take care of my health, take care of my body, go to acting class, do all the things that I'm supposed to do. How far can I push this if Mm -hmm. I'm good at it naturally? Right. You know, so that was a big part of it. And then just not one to die early. My son and his autism, you know, knowing that he might need me. You know, I can't just check out at 50, you right. know, I might need to be there 60, 70 years old for him, you know, so that was, that that's a big motivator for me. So uh, your son just turned 18. He did. Congratulations Thank to him. Thank you so much. For that. That's amazing. No, not congratulations to him. Congratulations to me. Oh, okay. When I told him like every other birthday is for you, but this one's mine. <laughs> This one is like, I fucking didn't kill you. I didn't let you drop out of high school. Anything you do illegal now is on you. Mm. This is a fucking good. This is my birthday. (laughs) Um, Have you talked to your son about weed? Yeah. Oh, at an early age. Yeah, for sure. How did that conversation go? I mean, I think it's just it's different. Not like mine's gonna be the, your your typical thing that you should do again because my son has autism. Mm-hmm. You, I have to find myself usually being much more blunt, much more direct with him. So I think my son knew I smoked weed since he was like five years old. So it was more like. Uh, I mean, to this day, it's the same thing. I was like, hey, this is a thing that daddy does. It helps me relax, makes me feel good. Sometimes it's for adults. Um, so I don't recommend that you do it until you're an adult. And even now, he's kind of the opposite of me, where he has, like, I'm like, do you ever, we'll talk about it. And then he's 18. I'm like, oh, well, do you ever think you want to smoke weed? And he's like, no. And, and I go, what, what do you think you're into? And he just goes, ice cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that TV marketing's getting yeah, to him, yeah, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was from the commercial. Yeah. Cold beer, here, cold oh, beer. Yeah, so goodness. he's been wanting to try it since he's got a couple more years. You know, my son is the same way in terms of the marketing. My son can do an impression of an adult drinking beer that only comes from TV commercials or television. He's like 12, and he's like, I'm like, whoa, like, where did you even get that from? Sir? Yeah, no, man, the older I get, the more you really start to see. And, and you have kids as well where you're like, wow, like that cultural brainwashing is like intense mm-hmm. from day one, you mm-hmm. know? So you and I uh, have, have hung out at quite a few professional wrestling events. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Shinsuke Nakamura. Shout out to Shinsuke, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> we have some wrestling fans here in the house. Um, what is it that you love so much about professional wrestling? Um, I mean, I guess I, no one's really asked me to me like that. Um, but to me, it's the same thing that I love about being on set. Like, I, one thing I love about being on set is like seeing three walls and looking up and seeing lights and a thing and being like, oh, this is fake. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being upfront with me that it is fake. And I love that about wrestling as well, where it's like, oh, we are putting on performance for you. We want to do the best for you, but we are friends. We don't hate each other. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to kill each other, but we are trying to put on the best performance for you. And I think in a world where a lot of things are more 
put as real that are phony and mm. that are trying to trick you, I appreciate someone that goes, oh, we're fake. I'm, and we're, we're happy to just say we're fake. And right. that, to me, um, in a, I don't know, in a spiritual way, is something that I really relate to as opposed to so many things that they try to conf- they still try to treat you as a mark. Right. Treat you as real. Right. So if you're watching reality television, you're not seeing that they're having production meetings, setting up Our the NBA. story. And, right. You right. Where, where, where you have refs admitting games are fixed and all of this is supposed to be under the auspices of reality, where it can be a lot more entertaining to watch something where everybody agrees and knows and puts up front that yeah. it's supposed to be Let me in on it. Yeah. Let me in. That's what I like. I, I hate, I mean, that's one of the things I liked about working on my Chop 420 show is that I had never been on the inside of, like, producers in my ear telling me, like, oh, don't lift the clothes. Oh, hold. We're going to try to make this a little more emotional. Mm. Things like that where I'm like, thank you for letting me in. Mm. You know? I like that. Speaking of being let in, um, did you did you train to be a wrestler at some point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How did that go? Uh, I mean, depends on which time. The first oh, okay. <laughs> the first time, not too well. Um, they were very intense. Santino Brothers, is, it's a great school. If you actually really want to be a professional wrestler, um, they've made some actual wrestlers who have gone to WWE, AEW. Um, so if you really want to do it, I wholeheartedly recommend Santino Brothers. They do not fuck around. But if you are a comedian <laughs> who just likes wrestling and you want to play around and have fun and you don't want to vomit all the time, <laughs> I do not recommend it. Especially if you don't want to have to clean up your vomit after you vomited, <laughs> which just seems like something they should have to do. <laughs> but uh, you then you trained another time after yeah, that? Yeah, I've been training again recently. Oh, again, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, with uh, a gentleman who wrestles for WWE. His name's Shane Thorne. You might know him more professionally as Slapjack. Slapjack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and Slapjack has a lot of free time. Because uh, so, <laughs> he's not doing well over there. And <laughs> so occasionally he, 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 he has a bunch of comedian friends and uh, writers and stuff. And he invites us over and he like teaches us. And it's much more like relaxed and fun. And we're like making fun of each other when we nice. make mistakes. And I got to powerbomb a 200-pound man. Wow. So that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. That sounds it. amazing. It was. Um... Tell me more about the thing I can't watch because I don't have Discovery Plus, uh, Chopped 420. <laughs> Chopped 420. Are you familiar with Chopped? I am familiar with Chopped. That's a very excellent program. Thank you so much. It is a temple of cooking shows. It, they have established that appetizer, entree, dessert, the secret stash. It's been so long I've done, since I've done this plug, but I'm nailing it. Uh, <laughs> 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 and Chopped 420 is a spinoff of the Chopped franchise where they everybody's cooking with cannabis, cooking with marijuana and infusing it and pairing it with their items. And um, it was the best job I've had so far. I freaking loved it. It's led to me getting all these other like live events where I'm working with these chefs now. We're even talking together about putting together a comedy show Mm -hmm. where we like make a infused high class version of your classic comedy club food and everything. Yeah, but yeah, it's great. I love Chop 420. Like, if you like cooking shows, if you like weed, if you like just fun stuff, check it out. It's, it's a good show. So if it's marijuana-infused stuff is, 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 is psychoactive, does that change any of what the judges have to do 
when they're tasting all of this food? Does it does it make do they have to space it out? There's some shit. How's that work? I mean, it is a little spaced out. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. Yes, <laughs> that's the answer. We got to space it out a little bit. And every, I think one of the things that, that like that's usually a question people ask, oh, they get bombed out. But one of the things that I found about the show that I really liked was like, it, it was more about that conversation of moving away from that, like, oh, here's a brownie that somebody gave right. me that I don't, that has like 600 milligrams. <laughs> That's in it. too many milligrams. It's a lot of milligrams. <laughs> you gotta split it. Uh, <laughs> and more into like, okay, what do you need? What do you mm-hmm. do? Sometimes where they would do just CBDs, just, you know, or just do it, mix it with the THC and then just keep the milligrams light so that at the end of the meal, you kind of had this whole journey of what you've been through where you're like, okay, at the beginning of it, we start with just a little sativa to pep us up, then maybe just CBD in the middle to just get, get your body feeling right and then hit you with a high indica at the end and then send you on your way in a delicious mm. dessert. But I tell you, Mike, the thing that I love the most because I don't, I'm allergic to alcohol. I've never been able to drink. I've never been able to have like wine pairings, mm-hmm. but like pairing different strains with the food, like where we're like, oh, we have this grape strain from Wonder Bread that we paired with lamb chops. And I was like, this is a, this is a whole nother fucking level. <laughs> I love it. It makes you feel like we could do, I've been on two or three of these dinners and in the show itself, it's like, it feels like that feeling you get when you've flown all the way to Honolulu, you're sitting in a sauna, you're smoking a joint, you got good food around you, but you didn't have to fucking spend thousands of dollars to go get that feeling. It's Wonderful. Fucking, yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm real in love with it right now, and I'm trying to spread it out. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I'll, I'll have to uh, subscribe so I can... <laughs> So I can watch it. Oh, we're going to get you on one of these live shows. Oh, well, that sounds like fun, too. Yeah. Um, you, sir, uh, in addition to some of your other hobbies we've covered already, are also a video game head. You yeah. play games. You can you say can... nerd. That's fine. Uh, okay. Um, you play games on Twitch. Yes. Um, what are your favorite games to play on Twitch? Um, my favorite games currently to play on Twitch because they will always change every. I never. Some people can play a game for years and they play the same game. I like. I think just like my life. I like new experiences. So like, I'm always like on to the next game, on to the next game. Uh, but right now, I'm playing a lot of Overcooked Two. Mm. I'm playing a lot of uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon, um, and then uh, Judgment as well. And, oh, I just finished Ratchet and Clank because I'm blessed enough to own a PlayStation 5. Yeah, I was really jealous when you uh, posted your PS5 last year. Uh, I've I've gotten one since then, so it's not not quite so palpable. I was watching you going through the hunt. I was failing. Yeah, you were getting on Twitter upset. Yeah. (laughs) Somebody, somebody, I almost fell for a scam (laughs) on Twitter. This guy uh, was was posting one of them fake pictures with the PS5 boxes that weren't real, mm-hmm. and he told me to send him money, and he wasn't going to send me a receipt. Mm. I'm like, no, sir, that's not. No, that's not wait. how this is going to go at have all. Some patience. I did, and I, and I was able to figure it out. How often do you stream? Uh, I'd say at least two or three times a week. Depends if I'm not working, then like every day. Um, but two or three times a week, I'll stream at least every Sunday. We're coming on my year anniversary this hey. Sunday. We're going to be streaming twitch.tv Ron underscore Funches. I'll be giving away a lot of free stuff. We'll be hanging out streaming all day. Um, what I really like about it to kind of like actually make this something is that 
at first I was just like, oh, it's just like playing games with people online. And I was like, I play games to relax. I don't want to be on when I'm gaming. I don't want to have to talk to people. Uh, but through the pandemic, especially just like meeting people, having friends where like now sometimes I'm not even streaming, but we'll like hang out, we'll watch. I'm in a, like, yeah, I'm such a fucking nerd right now. <laughs> I'm in a fantasy pro wrestling league Ooh. with my Twitch buddies. Wow. Where we draft pro wrestlers and we give them points best based on how they've done on different events. And I'm like, my life is so great right now where like I spend most of my time playing video games online. I spend some of it telling jokes. I spend some of it acting and I spend the rest of it with my wife who's got a real big old butt. Hey, so it's just like... That is like checking all the boxes. Truly the opposite <laughs> of what my mom said would happen if I just smoked weed and played video games all day. So you talked about pairing a second ago. What is a... Is there a good weed strain that pairs with Twitch streaming? Oh, I think like a nice sativa because you want to stay up, you want to stay active, you want to stay chatty. So, I mean, like a good Jack would be good. A nice creative blue dream, I think, would be fun for something like that. Just anything that keeps you up and peppy because people don't like it when you're all like conked out on Twitch. <laughs> That's something I have learned from experience. <laughs> uh, do you read? All the comments, do you try to engage with people or do you focus on the game more? Uh, a little bit of both. Yeah, I try to play something that either we're doing like multiplayer, we're playing a lot on this game, Knockout City, which is basically just virtual dodgeball. Mm. Super, yeah, it's super fun. Um, and then sometimes we'll just play games where like, oh, I can just talk. I mean, sometimes I'll just get on there and talk with people. Yeah. If I'm, yeah, if I'm just, because, um, I mean, as a performer, as a freelance artist, I think the best thing I can say is like, at first I was like, oh, it's just gaming with people. Then I was like, wait a minute. It is direct to consumer marketing mm. to people who wants to fuck with me. That's right. Because if you are subbing on me on Twitch, if you're giving me $5 to play video games and just chat with me, then odds are you want to watch Chop 420. Odds are you want to watch the movie I'm in. Odds are you want to watch the show. You want to buy my sneakers that I put out uh, in April. Like, you, like, it's really been, I mean, I had a guy from my Twitch my did shows in Austin. He was, lives in Florida. He flew to Austin and came to all five shows. Wow. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. There's more power to this than I'm even aware of. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Do you still play Overwatch? No, not Overwatch anymore. I used to be a diva main, but I, uh, I just moved on and played a lot of Call of Duty, Warzone, whatnot. Well, okay. I was going to ask you because we could squad up sometime because I okay. still play when, a when lot. When Overwatch but... 2 comes out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All I'm right. on board. Uh, speaking of things uh, I've been wanting to ask you to do, you have a podcast called Getting Better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we talked off mic a second ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell people about the Getting Better podcast. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's for basically people who who need a little bit of a push, need some affirmations. It, it just kind of started based off of the thing I would do with my son every morning uh, or I'd wake him up and I'd just be like, you know, you're smart, you're kind, you're intelligent, you know, go out there and have the best day you can, you know, when you have school. And um, these affirmations that I just believe in doing every day. And so I started just doing that in a podcast form where we start with general affirmations. I talk about my week, uh, talk about whatever I'm going on through. I think I helped a lot people through the pandemic. I got a lot of, you know, feedback about helping people through that. And then I just interview some of my favorite people that I either have known for years or just have been interested in and uh, talk to them about how they're getting better. Because I think that a lot of times we consider this divide of like have and have not or like 
um, successful and unsuccessful. And I think that for me, the thing I've noticed that my favorite people are all there. There is no end. There is no goal. There is mm -hmm. just constant climbing of different mountains and getting better. And so I just wanted to talk to people about that. So I've had, you know, people like Whitney Cummins or Conan O'Brien or Stone Cold Steve Austin. And soon yourself, we've also had other rap, Bun B. He Bun came B? On. Yeah, but I'm friends wow. with Bun B. That's amazing. I know. Jeez. <laughs> um, what's some, uh, you listed some people there, but this, and, and that may or may not be the answer to this question, but, you know, what are some of the most uh, impactful conversations you feel like you've had on the pod or with, with whom? Oh, um, I had a really good one with Whitney Cummings. She was very open. And um, afterwards, I just got a great message where this lady was like, she's like, I like your podcast and stuff, but like I listened to the one with Whitney and it made me um, get out of an abusive relationship. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, so when you get a message like that, you're like, oh, that was like. That's the thing I like about my podcast. It's like smaller. It's not like funny. I mean, sometimes it's funny, but usually it's not. Uh, but it, what I find about it is that like people who need it get a lot from it. And like my wife, she's like, this is like, this is the thing that I'm attracted to you about. This is the thing that makes me happy to be around you because you're like genuinely helping people. Mm -hmm. What do you think it is about you that makes you want to help people and bring out like the positivity that you see in the world and, and, and show that to people? Um, I think it's just kind of like a Pied Piper thing where it's like, I want to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want to be free. I want to feel good. And so in turn, I try to help others do that. Um, and it's just what makes me feel good. It's actually even a newer realization for me where I was like, what makes me feel good? I mean, you think I would have known because I'm a comedian and stuff like that, but like what makes me feel good is making other people feel good. Mm. Like that makes me feel so good when I see someone smile genuinely, mm -hmm. when I see someone so happy. Like I love traveling. I love going to do stuff. I love going to, like when I went to Amsterdam or Italy, but like going to Amsterdam and Italy myself was fun, but what was more fun was like seeing my mom go there, mm -hmm. seeing like my friends be so happy to be there. Like that's what really makes me feel good. So I just try to lean into that and lean into, I like being free. I like being happy. And so I try to like push that out there. Nice. And conversely, I mean, you know, as, as much as, we all want to uh, experience positivity and and have that be a thing that's present in our lives. We, of course, all go through hard times, too. Um, and I'm curious, how do you process when things get tough? Uh, I just process it as like, I mean, many ways, you know, it, it depends on, do you mean like, Literally, like, because a lot of usually it means that I'm like listening to 60 soul music and getting stoned out of my mind. That's how I process <laughs> it. Uh, but in a grander scheme, it's more just like that's the will of life, mm -hmm. you know? There is it's a constant up and down, there will be positive, there will be negative, and I have to just control myself in the middle. It's you know, I don't, it's just that, uh belief of just kind of trying to be comfortable in the uncomfortable, you know, where you're just like, and even like for me, the pandemic was a big part of that where it's like, I wanted to get negative for a while, but I'm like, Oh, you're so positive. You're so thing. Like it's easy to be positive when things are going well. Right. 
Duh. Like, <laughs> shit's good. Well, be positive now. Right. Be positive now when shit's not good. Right. Are you a are you or were you just positive? Are you just front runner with positivity? Are you bitch made about positivity? <laughs> are you gonna be positive when shit's even going down? There you go. And I was like, I'm gonna be positive. That's beautiful. Uh we're gonna winding down here, but uh my, my lady actually passed me a question she wanted me to ask you. Uh she said she wanted me to ask you, do you have a skincare routine? <laughs> Because uh, my skin's nice. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that's nice. where that comes from. People do say that. Um, I will be. I mean, my skincare routine is just vitamins and water, washing my face basically. Nice. I like to wash my face. I drink my my wife make make sure I carry water with me everywhere I go now. Like I just take it with me, and it used to be a um, burden to me. I'm like I don't want to carry my water. Now it's more like a source of strength to me, mm. where I'm like. I don't need anything from anybody. Right. I brought my water. I have my almonds in my pocket if I need them. <laughs> I don't fucking need you. <laughs> now, it's funny. I've been watching people offer you stuff all afternoon, and now I understand. Yeah, and I don't need it. But if I wanted it, I'd take it. Uh, <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you, do you wear sunscreen? Uh, yeah, it depends on where I'm at, but sometimes you're not every day. No. Yeah, because me and uh, me and my lady had had a longstanding argument because I came into uh, our relationship uh, with the uh, uh, thing that I've been taught that black people didn't need sunscreen, mm -hmm. and and she. Well, just because you burn does not mean you can't get cancer. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I mean, we're. I think we're obviously more built for it, but like you know, if, if I've gone to. Again, if I'm going to Europe or whatever, which I love just saying, it makes me sound good. What a flex. Uh, <laughs> what a flex. I mean, I'm actually going to Europe for a month after in a couple of weeks. You're lucky to catch me right now. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, man. Uh, but yeah, you know, if it's hot, it's hot. Wear some fucking sunblock. There you go. There you go. And we are lucky to have you. Um, such a bastion of positivity and light. Uh, you've made me laugh a bunch. You've made yourself laugh <laughs> an awful yeah, lot. Yeah, well, I really write a line between humble and egotistical. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a maniac yeah, you write yeah, those yeah. lines. <laughs> yeah. How could I be so both? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's, um, I think that's a wonderful place to, to end. We want to thank you for all that you do, all that you provide to the world, the laughter and the smiles uh, from from all of your recorded stuff to your TV stuff to the movie stuff to the people who are here today so uh, I just want to say thank you and everybody please give Mr. Ron Funches a round of applause thank you thank you so much thank you for having me Mike. You, uh, thank you for being with us and this has been the very first Flower Side Chat brought to you by Smarty Plants uh, my name is Open Mike Eagle and this is that that's it so I liked it you said it had a real NPR voice yeah I you know like I try it. to I try to study you know how it is <laughs> and this is Terry Gross <laughs> <laughs> and that's our show folks <laughs>